0: Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Birds of this podcast. I'm Joe Donahue. Thank you so much for joining us. The Philadelphia Eagles are still reeling from their back-to-back losses to the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. The first time that Jalen Hurts, when he started the game, has lost back-to-back games since October of 2021. But the Eagles can't dwell on that because they have another really important game coming up. On Monday night football. It was flexed into Monday night football, partly because nobody wanted to watch the Kansas City Chiefs wallop the New England Patriots back to the Stone Age, and also because this is going to be a really interesting game. And the Eagles actually have some playoff implications for the first time this season. If the Philadelphia Eagles win, they are in the playoffs. No help needed. So This is an important game for the Eagles, a really good test, and they'll be facing off against Seattle in Lumen Field, so they will have some adversity coming after them, and we wanted to take some time and just talk about how the season's going and also talk about what it's going to take for the Eagles to overcome their recent challenges and hopefully come away with the victory against Seattle on Monday night, and we're doing that today with the man from the great YouTube channel, Hot Tag Takes with John Breco and friends, John Breco. John, thanks for stopping by.
1: Hey, yo, what's up, Joe? It's good to be on here with you. We got a lot of things to talk about today for sure, especially after back to back blowout losses. I gotta tell you, man, we had a little bit of trouble turning our lights on for a little bit, but I feel like it would have fit the mood. All this darkness would have fit the mood after back to back blowout losses. I got to tell you, man, we've lost by a total of, I believe it's 75 to 32, if I'm not mistaken, over the past couple of games. So there's a lot of things that definitely need to get corrected as far as defense and offense goes. But I will say this, we have had a five-game gauntlet. We've had the Dolphins in there, we've had the Chiefs in there, we've had the Bills in there. So it's one thing to get tired down the stretch of a gauntlet like this. What's concerning to me is how we've lost. We've lost by multiple touchdowns, both games, and we look like we're gassing out already. And I feel like these games should be a lot tighter than they've been. And there's definitely things that we need to get corrected, especially since now we're at the end of that stretch against Seattle, a team that is hoping to get in the playoffs. And I just want to sit here and say that this is a team that, you can't go underestimating Geno Smith was the comeback player of the year last year. You know, so we got to keep that in mind. We got to take that into consideration. And also when you look at the history of the Eagles playing the Seahawks, it's not good. The last time I believe we beat the Seahawks and don't quote me on this. I read this somewhere. One time was I believe in 1989 recently, especially when Russell Wilson was their quarterback, we did not have a good history against seattle seattle wasn't able to get the best of us on many occasions they got the best of us in 2017 and they got the best of us in the playoffs when carson wentz went down so overall when you look at history the eagles do not fare very well against the seahawks now jalen hurts has kind of been able to change the eagles trajectory a little bit and he's been able to put this team on his back especially in games where he's really needed to he came through when we played the Chiefs, he came through an overtime against the Bills, which, by the way, was my wedding day. I didn't get to see that because we were partying and stuff. But I'm going to remember probably that Eagles game more than a lot of other games, probably any other game in my life. Like, just the fact that that happened on my wedding day as the party was ending. It, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I got to tell you, man. But, again, we have a lot of issues that we need to correct, and I believe and we talked a little bit before we went on the air. we think we're both on the same page that it does start with the defense.
0: Yeah, the defense has definitely been a little bit uh rough lately. Um uh, there's definitely been some things on the offense there they really just haven't gotten it going. Um Yes. But it so it's really just kind of the the way that I've described these last couple of games have been complete team failures, right? The Offense really wasn't able to get anything going in the first half against the San Francisco 49ers, and mm-hmm. they really weren't able to get anything going all game against the Dallas Cowboys last time. Yeah. And it's going to be a challenge. The Eagles are facing off against a Seahawks team that does have playoff hopes. The Seahawks do hold the series uh, 11-7 to over the course of the last how many years that these teams have faced off. Seattle has won the last six times that they faced off against the Eagles. So it is a challenge and it is, this team is not something that's going to need to be overlooked. Even if for no other reason, than you're going into Lumen field and the home of the 12th man. Seattle is a really, really intimidating place to play.
1: Yeah. From the, from
0: the, fan base standpoint. So not saying that Lincoln Financial Field is any better, uh, but it's uh and we have as Eagles fans a, a really huge advantage to that. Before we take a look at this game, let's take a look at just how these last couple of games have been. John, as you've seen the Eagles play,
1: what has jumped out at you? What jumped out at me that I found was very alarming in the Cowboys game was how that run defense struggled. I haven't really seen too many games, at least this season, where the run defense has been the problem that it was. Tony Pollard ran every which way that you could think of. He's not the bell cow as Elliott was, but when you think of Tony Pollard, you think of him being able to run past you, and you think of him being able to get around guys. And he danced around guys all night last night, especially in the first couple of series. They couldn't stop. Tony Pollard for anything. And that was the part that jumped out to me the most with the last game. With the 49ers, what's been difficult is the system that they have. They have Brock Purdy. They have Debo Samuel. They have Trent Williams. And they've got a really, really good defense that they can lean on. And nobody has been able to figure that out yet. That's the part that scares me when it comes to the 49ers. And the reason why I bring these two teams up first is because they're in the NFC and right now it's a three-horse race with all three teams currently sitting at 10 wins and three losses. But with that being said, again, Seattle can't be overlooked, as we've said that before. But, again, we haven't talked about it probably as much because the Eagles have found different ways to win. They found ways to win when it came to Kansas City. The defense came through when it needed to. We found a way to win against Buffalo. Jalen Hurts got us in the end zone in overtime and we were able to pull out that game especially with that 60 yard field goal by Jake Elliott my goodness but you know what jumps out to me is the Eagles are a good football team this year and when it came to last year we were dominant you know we when we went 8-0 we had one bad game you know against Washington before Jalen Hurts went down with his injury and then we put together a lot of different great games in the playoffs. What strikes me this year is the drop-off. The Eagles, yes, again, are finding ways to win, but they're not the dominant team that they were last year. We saw a lot more games that were dominant that weren't necessarily close. We did see some close games, but not a whole bunch. And we haven't really been able to dominate people the way that we once did. And mm-hmm. that, I think, is the most concerning part. We lost five starters on defense. Both of our coordinators are rookie coordinators but because both our past coordinators. They're out getting head coaching jobs after some of the results that we got in our second year, our second year starting quarterback, our second year head coach. You know, so part of me, you know, you have to expect this drop-off, right? But – what jumps out to me again are the recent losses that we've had the recent struggles if you can find ways to win they're going to talk about it they're going to talk about you winning right they're mm-hmm. not going to so much talk about as many of the struggles that you know we've seen and the struggles have been brought up over the course of the year but maybe not to the degree that they're being brought up within the last few days especially after you know back to back losses but what I'm hoping is that the rookie coordinators, and that's what I think it's going to come down to, can keep these guys together. They can keep them focused and keep them ready to go to work. Because we know we have leaders that are going to do that. We, I'm not worried about Rick, Nick Sirianni being able to do that. I'm not worried about Jalen Hurts being able to do that. I'm not worried about Jason Kelsey being able to do that. How are these coordinators going to help put these guys in position to win? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And certainly some of the
0: adversity that the Eagles have faced this season, I think, has baked into the uh, the way that the NFL operates. The NFL has certain things in place, like the salary cap uh, and the way that the NFL schedules. And I think sometimes uh, I heard somebody say this, and I actually agree with it, that the NFL utilizes those two things in part to keep teams from running away with it. Cause we see how in other sports, the NBA comes to mind where there are just eminent powerhouses. Same thing with baseball. Sometimes baseball can have those eminent powerhouses that are going to be dynastic for years. And the NFL wants to keep as many teams as possible close to the pack. And I think sometimes we have that. So right. Like last year we were facing off against teams that let's be honest, they were weaker teams than the teams that we're facing off against yes, this year. For sure, And part of that. And part of that came from the fact that the Eagles did not finish number one in the NFC East the previous season. I think some of that factors into it, um, but yeah, they're I agree. Av- but they're absolutely, I mean, you brought up the run defense and that's been something that I've been screaming about on the birds Nest podcast here. And, yeah, uh, the Eagles run defense since the buy has given up four consecutive 100 rushing yard games. And that wow. was not something that they gave up really at all before the buy. Their only 100 rushing yard game that the Eagles defense gave up before the buy was the first matchup against the Washington commanders. And I think part of the reason that happened was because that game went into overtime. So yeah. when you're looking at that, I do see the run defense as a huge problem, uh, especially Mm -hmm. in this latter portion of the season as the team has been going through this gauntlet run, which really began back with, like, the first Cowboys matchup and really began with um, the Dolphins matchup to a certain extent uh, because the Dolphins were really – I mean, the Dolphins earlier this season dropped 70 points on a Denver Broncos
1: team that was
0: lifeless defensively.
1: That was something. <laughs> Jesus, Lord. I don't know how the Broncos have the record that they do now after that performance. I oh really God. don't. I, I, looked at, I looked at that. I thought it was a mistake when I was first <laughs> looking at the scores because I, I get off of work on Sundays at 5, right? Yeah. So I'll, I'll start checking the scores, and I'll go down the list. When I looked at that 70, I, like, scrolled down a little bit, and then I was like, wait, what did I just look at? I scrolled back up, and my eyes just popped out of my head like I couldn't believe what I was because i I'd never seen that before in my life yeah you know, I, don't, I don't I can't remember the last time anybody's dropped 70 points on anybody what what is that the fourth time in NFL history that's happened
0: something to that effect and like the
1: first time since the merger yeah
0: I I wouldn't be wow. surprised
1: at that I I don't know the number off the top of my head but it's
0: it's pretty uh pretty much yeah I'm
1: glad that wasn't us that hurt my heart for Denver. Like, what, what, what? Are you, are you, are you kidding? How do you let somebody do that to you? Yep.
0: I and all of their points were offensive touchdowns. It's not like there was a scoop and score or anything. I, yeah. I'm so sure. Let's bring it back a little bit here. Um, sure. So, when you're looking at this team and when you're watching this team, so certainly the defense has left a lot to be desired over the course of the last several weeks. But offensively the team hasn't been playing up to its potential either and this is something that Jalen Hurts has been talking about a lot trying to about finding the identity of the team and playing up the standard and he certainly talked about that over the course of the last couple weeks now that the Eagles have been faced with a couple more numbers in the loss column yeah what do you see as certainly a fan Of this team, somebody watches this team. What do you see as the identity of this team?
1: I'm actually going to tell you a positive. I'm going to start with that.
0: Mm -hmm. So, a
1: positive that I see is Jalen Hurts hasn't been shying away from runs like he would have, you know, before the bye because Mm -hmm. of the knee that was hurting him. And he even said himself, the bye week couldn't come at a better time. So, he'd get that knee right, be healthy and be effective running the football, because we know Jalen Hurts is a dual-threat quarterback, one of the more accurate passers in the league after his first full season. He's been able to improve his passing game, and he's been able to stay effective with his legs. So I think the most threatening thing when you talk about the Philadelphia Eagles with the quarterback that we have is if you get a good run game around him. We already know we have A.J. Brown. We already know we have Devonta Smith. We already know we have guys that could catch the football and certainly did not show that on Sunday with everybody dropping the football. All three names I just mentioned had a fumble, one fumble each. So that's Mm -hmm. something that is absolutely concerning. And that's something that they need to take care of in this game, which I believe they'll do that. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hoping for, everybody holds on to the football. Everybody makes sure when they get the football, they march down the field. They control time of possession because they haven't been able to do that over the past couple of weeks. They haven't been able to hold on to the football, and that's part of the reason why this defense is struggling. If you control time of possession, your defense isn't on the field, and your defense isn't going to gas out, especially because they've been going up against stellar teams over the past four or five weeks. And you mentioned it. They weren't going up against this level of competition over most of last year, which the NFL is going to put intriguing games that we want to watch, and they're going to try to put good teams against good teams, which, fair enough, fine. We want to watch that. We don't always want to watch the Chiefs stomp out the Patriots 45 to nothing. We'll get bored. We already know the Chiefs are going to go 3-11 and after next week. We know exactly what's going to happen. Look what happened. Look at what the Chiefs did to the Bears earlier in the season, back when everybody was talking about Taylor Swift. They wouldn't get the camera off her. So, (laughs) but I mean... They're going to put intriguing matchups together and what the Eagles basically need to do, as far as offense is concerned, control the time you have the football and make sure you're running the football with and without Jalen hurts. And as far as everybody else is concerned, because you know, you're going to throw it to AJ Brown, you know, you're going to target him and he deserves all the targets. That's why, you know, he was, in that argument with Jalen Hurts. He needs to be throwing the football. Use Jalen Hurts. Use the run game. Use DeAndre Swift. Control that time of possession. And when we do throw it to A.J. Brown, which we will, and Devonta Smith, don't drop the ball. Literally and figuratively.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I will say this when it comes to uh, the run game. The only time the Eagles have had a single hundred-plus-yard rusher was against the Minnesota Vikings and against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers earlier this season. Yeah. DeAndre Swift ran for one hundred and seventy-five and one hundred and thirty yards respectively. There you go. There so, you go. and those games. Certainly, the Tampa Bay game was the game where we took nine and a half minutes off the clock at the end of the game. And I spent all that time during that game wondering when the other shoe was going to drop and when Tampa Bay was going to have an opportunity to try to march down the field. And the Eagles never gave them that opportunity because the Eagles were able to run the football very effectively and control the pace of the game. Going into this game, the Eagles have matched their turnover total too for the course of the entirety of last season. And it doesn't feel all that great, especially certainly, especially against when we were facing off against the Dallas Cowboys and we got into Dallas territory and we just couldn't hold on to the football. Well, we were in. That. Yeah, that's that's sure. really really challenging. And nah. yeah. you can't expect to win we, games
1: when you're doing that. We we hold on to that football and we get rid of those fumbles. That is a much closer game, if not a win, than what it was. Because you think yep. about that. We we were driving across the field all those times, and we couldn't hold on to the football. Yep, We hold on to the football. We take that time off the clock. We do everything I just mentioned, control time of possession. We get the ball to our requisite weapons, mm-hmm. and we make sure this is a much closer game than it is, and we put ourselves in position to get our momentum back and get back on winning ways yeah, but because we weren't able to hold on to the football, the defense had to repeatedly keep going back out, and we had to continue to do that. So when you talk about how this game, how these last couple of games have been total team failures, you're not wrong when you say that. A lot of people are pointing at the defense, but especially when you look at last game, look at what we were doing to that defense. We kept putting mm-hmm. them out there, and that doesn't put us in a position to win football games. And that's in any era. You know, Mm -hmm. you talk when you talk about when running the football was a much bigger thing, you know, when people would actually pay running backs, by the way, let me just (laughs) say that right now, you know, you know, and now when, you know, you can throw the football to whoever, you know, you're throwing it, spreading it out to two, three different guys, you got running backs that can catch the football, you know, you got to be able to control the time of possession it's never not going to matter the, the team that has the football more is the team that's more likely to win because yep. they have more opportunities to do damage with the football and Absolutely. when you hold on to the football, you're not going to win in that area
0: yep the stat that that correlates most closely to whether or not you're going to win is going to be turnovers obviously the one that also correlates very closely is who's winning in the time of possession battle it, Yep. that was something that was much maligned about the Chip Kelly years is that Chip Kelly only really viewed the scoreboard as the only battle that he had to
1: win. But that's why that's why I say, that's why Sam Bradford threw a pick every damn game.
0: Yep. But that's also why the defense was so gosh darn exhausted over the course yep. of his tenure because the offense simply couldn't stay on the field. Now, they were going down and scoring every drive, it felt like, but they were going down and scoring every drive, but the drives were taking, like, three minutes. And that doesn't help. That's not a long, sustained drive, and you need to have a long, sustained drive for a lot of reasons. It's a lot harder to play defense than it is to play offense because defense is always going to be reactionary to a certain extent. To a certain
1: extent.
0: Yeah, it's it's just – it can be incredibly incredibly taxing and you've got to anticipate where people are going to be even if they're not actually going to be there you got to be thinking about where they could go and you got to be making these decisions very quickly and and that takes a toll on you defensively and that leads to what the eagles especially this season the eagles this season are the last defense in the league when it comes to third down conversion percentage. The Eagles are giving up an insane amount of first downs on third down. And it's crazy when you look at that, it's like we have an incredibly dominant front four. all of that effort to try and get pressure to the quarterbacks and get the quarterback sacked, which has happened. The Eagles have been able to get to quarterbacks that have been sacked, from uh, what have you, like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Those guys don't take a lot of sacks, and the Eagles were able to get to them. But all that gets negated when you give up third down after first downs on third downs, especially when they're third and long, and you're giving up first downs. That part is almost more frustrating than anything else that's going on on the field.
1: First, let me say this go back and look at the Kansas city game. And I can tell you why we won because we stopped a lot of third downs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Go look, go look at a lot of those third down plays. We were able to stop them in their tracks where they were running the football, whether Patrick Mahomes was going back when we, when you stop third down, that matters so that you're a hundred percent right on that. But I want to go back to another point that you mentioned about how defense is reactionary, right? Mm-hmm. So you look at a couple of those running plays, that Tony Pollard, you know, was able to put on the Eagles. You look at that line, and what happened is they were able to kind of force guys to go different ways. They didn't even move guys out of the way. They had different defensive linemen go hit different holes that Tony Pollard wasn't going through. So Mm -hmm. what was happening was Tony Pollard was pretty much getting free run to be able to go 10, 15, 20 yards. And that that happened more than once throughout the game. Yes, he's able to get around guys, and you talk about this being reactionary, but what I think people need to talk about more is the linemen are missing assignments, if that's the case. They're not Mm -hmm. hitting the right holes, and what that's telling me is they don't see what's coming. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we've mentioned that we have rookie offensive and defensive coordinators. That, to me, is on Sean Desai. Sean Desai has to be able to, you know, find when Cowboys or any team really is running a play where you have somebody maybe going through the A gap or the B gap, and they got to have these guys hit the right holes. And if one player isn't able to do it, the linebacker should be coming in. And If we have a good front four, we should have extra guys that are able to also come in when necessary. Because we have those guys ready to go on the field. Now, with that being said, if you've got a good front four, and I like the fact that you brought this up because I'm thinking in my head, why is why, why are we having questions about the secondary? If you have extra guys that can cover that, you know, when the quarterback does drop back, what the hell is going on when, you know, guys are, you know, running their routes we should be able to stop that if we have front four that's another reason why you want to be able to have you want to be able to have the opportunity to rush the quarterback with four guys so what i'm putting on sean desai is you got to be able to have guys hit the right holes so we can stop the run in the first place tony pollard shouldn't have had free run to be able to get all the first downs he did mm-hmm
0: yeah and that's been a problem for the eagles really all season you mentioned the Chiefs game yes we did get a few solid third down stops but the eagles still gave up eight first downs on third down now that was out of 17 so it is slightly it is around half of the first downs and that kind of tracks with defense came through when it needed to They, they yeah and that's That's been something I've noticed about this team, too, is that, especially before the bye, when this team needed a play, typically they were able to get it, for the most part. The exception, of course, being the loss to the Jets. But typically, when this team needed to get a play, they've been able to get it. And the other team that I've noticed that with is honestly it was this year's Philadelphia Phillies where Mm -hmm. the Phillies for the most part until they went flat against the Arizona Diamondbacks in the championship series when they needed a play or when they needed to win a series they won the series they didn't necessarily sweep a lot of series and that's significant there and that is something that factors into all this but When they needed to make a play, they made a play. And that's the same thing here with the Philadelphia Eagles. How many times has Jake Elliott had to come in clutch this season with a 50-plus, 61-yard field goal? How many times has he had to do that, especially in the Bills game? Also, how many times has he, like, how many times has Jalen Hurts had to look for his receivers and rely on his receivers to make an incredible play? How many yeah. times has all of that factored in there? Like, that's those are the things that strike me about this team. It's like, in most cases, when the team needs a play, they're able to get the play. But I haven't seen a lot of that over the course of the last couple of games. I've been looking for like the big sack or the big turnover that, or even the big third down stop. And, yeah that just simply hasn't been happening with this team.
1: You're playing with fire a little bit when you put your hope in that, especially when, you know, you're playing at a high level like the NFL. Mm -hmm. And what you want to do again is be able to dominate like we did last year for the most part. You know, again, there were certain games where, you know, they were kept close, but, At the same time, we were able to go out there and dominate a lot of different teams, and we were able to win in convincing fashion. When you have a lot of close games in a lot of situations, you play with fire. It's great when you can win, but when you lose, you know you don't come out on the other side feeling great. A win is a win no matter where you can get it, and that's in any sport. But with that being said, you want to be able to go out and dominate. You don't want to play with fire the way that we have been yeah. over the past few weeks, especially when, again, we've ran a gauntlet over the last few weeks. We've had mm-hmm. a lot of tough opponents back-to-back. So what I'm hoping yeah. for is when we go out and we play the Seahawks, we show what we can do. We you know, have a convincing win against the Seahawks – So when the schedule gets easy for the last four games, because I don't see any reason why we should lose those games, those last four, we, you know, go back with winning momentum with, you know, the NFL being able to see what the Eagles can do and, you know, remembering that Eagles, what I believe are the best team in the NFL. I would I'm going to say the NFC as well. But you know that's why I'm hoping we get this next one against the Seahawks and show them yeah. what we yeah. do against a good team.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And the Seahawks certainly coming up. They are on a four-game losing streak. They've lost to the Rams, the 49ers twice, and the Dallas Cowboys. So they're not exactly in the best of straights right now. And the Eagles for the first time this season. The Eagles, as I alluded to, if they win, they're in the playoffs. They have punched their ticket officially. They don't need help from anybody else this week. They just have to win or tie the Seahawks, right. and they're in. And it is entirely feasible for this Eagles team to win out the rest of the season, right? You've got the Seahawks. That's probably going to be their toughest challenge. Then you've got the Giants at home. You've got the Cardinals at home. Both of those two teams not doing so great, although Tommy DeVito is kind of lighting a little bit of a fire in the Giants right now. a little bit. The Giants themselves are on a three-game win streak. So there's that. But the Arizona Cardinals certainly vying for the number one draft pick in the NFL draft next season.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah, it, it is entirely feasible for this Eagles team to win out. And if that happens, and if San Francisco loses a game and they very easily could lose a game, they're facing off against a challenging team in the Ravens in a couple of weeks, and they're facing off against the Los Angeles Rams to close out the season. The 49ers could theoretically lose the number one seed to the Philadelphia Eagles. They could seed that right back. So it's all a matter of how the Eagles take advantage of their own opportunities when we're heading into this game against the Seattle Seahawks, what do you think is the biggest thing? If you look at this game and you see the uh, the game and you watch it and at the end of this game on Monday night, without looking at the actual score, what is going to be the thing that's going to tell you that we won the game besides the actual score?
1: What's gonna tell me that we won the game besides the actual score is if we use all our weapons and we dominate as a team. I go back to that point with where I brought AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, DeAndre Swift, all the different weapons that we have. Hell, even Boston Scott, you know, yeah. especially against the Giants. He's a giant killer. We still got two games against them <laughs> left. You know, yeah. we gotta do something about this Tommy DeVito guy. Shout out, shout out to him. He's doing he's doing A great job. And let me just say this about the New York Giants, even though that's probably the wrong team to be talking about on your show. That quarterback job has got to be up for grabs next season. There is no way after the job he's done that Daniel Jones just goes back and doesn't have to compete for the job. I just don't see that. I'm just going to say Daniel
0: Jones commanding the contract that he did in the offseason was an absolute
1: waste of money by the New York Giants. But (laughs) – They'd have been better off spending it all on Saquon. Give him forty million a year. Are you kidding? Yeah. Like he's stealing money in New York right now. Absolutely. He he just he just hustled every New Yorker that ever believed in him. Which which kudos to you. You know, and if you if you're getting paid that kind of money, good for you. I, I don't I don't hate him. Yeah, I'll sleep well at night. Yeah, but you know, with that being said, you know. We got to go back to using all the different weapons that we have. You mentioned the games where DeAndre Swift rushed for over 100 yards, one of them rushing for, you said, 175?
0: 175 against the
1: Vikings. Yeah, Jesus, man. You, you, you really don't see guys today do that. No. So, you know, I think we need to get back to using all our weapons. If Jalen Hurts' his knee is okay, then mm-hmm. we got to – get back to being able to run with him and you know we got to have guys hold on to the football better than last week Mm -hmm. which that's an issue that I believe they're going to correct they're not I don't see them doing that two weeks in a row I don't see when Jalen Hurts talks about playing playing to the standard I believe him and you know I I can't see us doing that multiple weeks in a row so Mm -hmm. I see this game potentially being a tight one but only if we allow that to be the case because like you said, the Seahawks have lost four straight and they're not a team that has momentum right now, mm-hmm. you know, but they, again, they still have playoff aspirations. They're still a good football team. You know, it's still something we've realized and, you know, we can't sleep on this team. Nope. You know, we, we lost to the jets earlier this year. Yep, You know, when we talk about any given Sunday, you know, we got to remember the fact that, You know, this is the NFL, and the difference between a good team and a bad team is probably only about a little bit this much a lot of times. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't take anybody lightly in this league, especially if they're a team that's looking to go into the playoffs. So, you know, we got to make sure that this is the game that we lock in for, you know, before we go into four games that we should win Absolutely. so, I think this is a winnable game. I see mm-hmm. the Eagles getting back on track, showing mm-hmm. everybody the good team that they are. I'm hoping we win by at least ten. I'm hoping it's you know <laughs> a nice, comfortable win that allows us to honestly put teams on notice. Gotcha. I think a victory like that and being able to use all your weapons throughout the game is I think the way. You know, you kind of establish, you know, the rest of your season going forward, especially going into the playoffs.
0: Okay, so you would say that you're confident that this team would be
1: able to come away with the victory against the CLC Hawks on Monday night. Absolutely. I'm I'm confident. I think this is a team, you know, that is 100 percent beatable. If we beat the defending Super Bowl champions, the team that beat us in the Super Bowl. Last year, I think you know that should be a confidence boost and let and that should let everybody know that we can beat anybody. You Mm -hmm. know, when you lose two games, you know, back to back, people around the league start talking. You know, Mm -hmm. there's just no way around that. And when you know that happens, you know, you kind of got to set the standard, like we like team has talked about and be able to get back to work, dust your shoulders off, and being able to, you know, kind of reestablish things going forward. I don't think this team is any worse than it was, you know, at the beginning of the season. You know, obviously, we've lost five starters. We've lost both coordinators. But, you know, I still believe this is a good football team. I still believe this is a team, even now, with reasonable Super Bowl aspirations. And I believe that this is a team that, when you look a couple years down the road, this is a team that can get better, you know, Mm -hmm. because Nick Sirianni was a rookie head coach in Jalen Hurts' first season, and we were able to get above a 500 record that year and get Mm -hmm. into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So I see this as a team that can absolutely get better, maybe not as this season goes on, but if they can get things together and reestablish that momentum – that we had when we were 10 and 1 instead of 10 and 3. This is, you know, our destiny is in our hands.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that destiny is whatever at this point the Eagles want to make it because they are still in control of their own destiny for the most part. The only thing yeah. really that they need help with possibly would be if they won out and they would still wanted that number one seed, they would need San Francisco to lose most likely to the Ravens. We'll see what winds up happening on that front there. But certainly the most important thing right now is to get the team back on track and get the team moving forward towards putting more gains into the win column than in the loss column.
1: Cause for sure.
0: 100%. If that happens, yep. If that happens, then we can start to see, Nick Sirianni much maligned for his flowers commentary and his garden commentary, but we will start to see the fruits of that as the Eagles move forward and the Eagles hopefully are able to come away with victories to close out the season. A lot of Couldn't yeah. agree more. Well, well, John, thank you so much for stopping by. It was a real pleasure talking to you. Um, all the best. As uh, hopefully we're able to uh, to come away with this win, and
1: yeah, uh, hopefully
0: we're able to, uh, to power through the rest of the season.
1: Dude, thank you for inviting me, and thank you for waiting for me. My brain kind of goes after having to <laughs> deal with kids for seven hours at work. For anybody that needs context, I work as a swim instructor full time. So thank you for waiting me. Thank you for you know messaging me. I really, really appreciate the chance for you to have me on. We got to have you on sometime, man. You'll have you'll. <laughs> You'll, you'll like PJ. Hopefully he doesn't take his shirt off on that show, but you'll like,
0: <laughs> well, John, I appreciate you. appreciate you and you can check John Brecco and PJ and everything else that they've got going on over at their YouTube channel, hot tag takes with John Brecco and friends. And thank you so much to everybody for tuning into the bird's nest podcast. You can support yeah, the bird's nest podcast by liking and subscribing to bird's nest media right here on YouTube, as well as by sharing to your social media pages. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify. Please visit birdsnestmedia.com for additional Eagles coverage. And if you feel so inclined to support us in a different way, you can find the link to our Patreon in the description below or at birdsnestmedia.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's go Eagles!